We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. move over to the defense Ryan and and jump there and I think it starts with the weakness it may seem uh you know why are you talking about that first but I really believe this is a game they've got to stop the run first and foremost they've got to make South Carolina completely one-dimensional they cannot let them run the football now there have been times this year where South Carolina has been able to to be that way and still have success for example they didn't run the ball very well against Clemson but the difference is, is Clemson has a crap secondary. I'm, that was a very uh, rough uh, way of saying it. We've said all year Clemson's secondary has a hard time covering the pass, very hard time covering the pass. And when they're not getting pressure on the quarterback, they can be shredded. And that's what mm-hmm. South Carolina did to them. Eventually, early on, they were doing an okay job getting pressure, but South Carolina was able to make some adjustments and, and rip them up. Notre Dame has a much better, better secondary and much better pass defense than Clemson. Much better. So the key is – You've got to make them one-dimensional. You can't let them be balanced. You can't let Spencer Rattler get comfortable handing off, moving the chain, staying on schedule. Because if you get him in a bunch of third and twos, second and fours, he's going to be hard to stop. He just is because he can now attack you with the quick game. You've got to try to get him in some long-yarded situations. And the best way to do that is with points one and two, with point one being stop the run, create negatives. They try to run on first down, stuff them at the line, second and ten get a two-yard loss, second and 12. Uh, it's second and six, and you get a loss. Now, all of a sudden, it's third and nine, third and eight, third and seven, instead of just another three, four-yard gain, and all of a sudden, it's third and two, right? They've got to dominate, dominate the trenches. Now, statistically, that's what should happen. Yes. But the problem is Al Golden has had a very hard time preparing a defense against a pass-heavy team that can also stop the run. The only time we've really seen it was against North Carolina. This is not that team because this is a more physical offensive line than that one. It's not a beat you up mauling offensive line, but it's not as passive schematically as North Carolina. I think it's probably a better way of saying it, right? Mm-hmm. So they will try to run the ball early. They will they have a big offensive line. And if they're able to establish balance because Notre Dame is paying a pass-oriented defense, then Notre Dame is going to have trouble stopping this team. And that's my concern is Al Golden's NFL background has hurt them in games where teams are really good throwing the ball because they just they're very vulnerable to the run. We saw it again. Once Ohio State figured out, oh, we can run on these dudes. Couldn't stop them. 
right? You once USC figured out, dude, we can run on these dudes. Notre Dame had no answers, none, mm-hmm. and that can't happen this game. You've got to be able to have a balanced attack. That yes, you have to defend the pass, but guys, this isn't Caleb Williams. This isn't C.J. Stroud. This isn't Drake May. With all due respect to Spencer Rattler, and if you've only seen him in the two most recent games, I can understand why you're having a panic attack. But th- that Notre Dame is not Tennessee, and they are not Clemson when it comes to secondary. They're much better. Shut down the run game, have a balanced attack, dominate in the trenches, and make them be a one-handed football team. If you do that, I have a hard time seeing South Carolina scoring enough to win unless the Notre Dame offense is just bad. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, and I think, Brian, I think there's a misconception sometimes about I, I think you hear when teams when people talk about pinning your ears back and getting after the quarterback, that they think it's just as simple as that. But if you're not able to stop the run early, it's hard to just pin your ears back and just go right. all the time, right? Like it's not easy. And obviously one of the big notes that we're gonna talk about is that pressure later in the show, but it all starts for me on stopping the run and you're going against a run a running team that has not been great running the football just in general, even with Marshawn Lloyd, they were still an inconsistent running team. He's their best running back. Jaheim Bell was their second leading rusher as a tight end. You are left with two running backs and Juju McDowell, who's a solid space player type of running back. You know, he's got a little juice to him, but then you got Christian Beal Smith, who again was a solid running back at Wake Forest, but he's nothing special. He shouldn't scare you obviously. Right. And, that you have come into this football game with a clear advantage against their rushing attack. You have to be able to stop them. If this can't be a situation where you come into the game feeling you have a clear advantage and then they're able to gash you for a few runs. Like that's there's no excuse for that, right? Because they don't have the production to back that up. They don't have the offensive line to back that up. And they don't have a quarterback that is much of a dual threat at all either. So you're you have to now say to yourself, we have to stop the run, make them one-dimensional, because when, if we're able to make them one-dimensional, that's where we're going to have our most success, rattling Spencer Rattler, no pun intended. But it all starts with not letting Christian Beal Smith beat you, not letting Juju McDowell beat you. They are not the guys that should be able to gash you for big runs, and I think that that's where this game starts, is that you can't let what is a weakness for them become a strength in this football game. Right. That's, I think, a, a big key. 
you've got to rattle Spencer Rattler. And, and that's no, I mean, like you said, no pun intended, but the numbers are what they are. I mean, we, we, we've done this before, Ryan, and I'll, I'll pull them up again just to, just to prove my point. Okay. Here's, here's Spencer Rattler's production this year when pressured. When he is when he has kept a clean pocket this year, he completed seventy eight point four percent of his passes, nine point zero yards per attempt. When he has been under pressure this year, he completes thirty three percent of his passes, four point eight yards per attempt, five touchdowns, seven interceptions. Now again, we talk pressure. I'm talking about blitzing because blitzing Spencer Rattler completes fifty nine point two percent of his passes for seven point seven yards per attempt, five touchdowns, four interceptions. It's not about blitzing. It's about controlling the action with your front. And Al Golden has not done enough of that this year. And that was with Isaiah Foskey. He's got to turn the front loose, let them be aggressive, let them attack, and, and create wins that way. Because this is a big physical offensive line. For, for I don't say physical. They're not soft. They're not physical. They're just they're big. They'll move you if you let them. But they're not very athletic, Ryan. You, you've talked about this. Uh, they don't move well. At all, they remind me a lot of the, the Syracuse offensive line that Notre Dame ate up. Where what did no, what was Notre Dame's game plan that game? And they ran the ball a lot better than than South Carolina does. What was Notre Dame's game plan? Well, we're not as big as they are, so we're not going to try to be. What did they do? They were they were they used their speed, they used their aggressiveness to shut them down. They they got into gaps. They they penetrated. They did those things, and they said, well, we can't match size for size with them, so let's not try. They exactly. can't match us for speed, so let's be quick. Let's be quicker than they are. And I think we need to see that because that I'll be honest with you, th- that's the one thing that makes me the most nervous about this game is Al Golden coming out with this, you know, pass defensive game plan that allows South Carolina to come out and run the football. That concerns the heck out of me. That's my biggest fear in this game. If that doesn't happen, then I just don't think South Carolina can win this football game. I really don't. That's my that's my fear. And then that leads to point two, Ryan. You have to put pressure on Spencer Rattler early and often, and it can't be with blitzing all game. Now Blitz, by all means, blitz, right? That's who who you are, and you have some guys that are decent at it, uh, especially if you're going to play Jalen Sneed and, and those kind of guys. But look, look, the one thing Maris Lufout does a decent job of right now is blitzing. So if you're going to continue to insist he play, then freaking blitz him. Don't keep asking him to make reads and drop in coverage and all stuff he's clearly shown he's not good at. Send him, right? Attack. And and I want to see that, but they need to be because you want to, not because you feel the need you have to. And they can't be all the time because if Spencer Rattler starts to get a read on your blitz packages, he will he will beat you. He will he will make some plays behind you to beat you. And the one thing that South Carolina has, even if Josh Van doesn't play, if he plays, they're really dangerous. But even if he doesn't play, they've got two receivers there that can really really hurt you. And and the Wells kid especially. He yep. can catch a slant and behind a blitz and make one guy miss and be gone. There's mm-hmm. there's no question in my mind. And so the pressure's got to be there. The four-man pressures, the, the well-timed blitzes. If you can get Spencer Radler out of rhythm early, he will struggle. And kind of fast forward to point five. Point five, Ryan, we'll just kind of say it now. Probably mm-hmm. should have a point three because it builds a little bit better here. One thing you and I joked about for the show is he will make no matter even in the games he's been really good, he'll make two to three throws a game and you're like, what the heck was that? You <laughs> yes. got to get him. You got to get those balls. You got to make those plays. But the more pressure you put on him, the more of those throws he will make. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can really get this game rolling is to is to force him into those kind of turnovers. Because here's the thing about South Carolina this year, Ryan, they have not lost a close game yet. When they lose. 
they get ripped <laughs> because of that, because of that right there, because of those mistakes, because they start turning the ball over, because he starts throwing the ball quick and getting it out for two-yard gains where you're tackling those guys in space. He will panic and get the ball out. And that is where Notre Dame needs to take advantage, in my opinion. That's where they can really roll in this game. I mean, panic is the best way to put it, man. He becomes panicked in the pocket. It's it's absurd sometimes because the thing about Spencer Rattler, and I want people to understand this, is that kid throws about as good a football as you will find in college football, man. That ball comes out of his hand, and it looks pretty. Even interceptions he throw look pretty, right? Like the ball comes out really nice, and he's got a really quick arm, and it's explosive, and it's all great stuff, man. But the part of his game that struggles the most outside of just being a little bit of a slow processor is when he is working against pressure, fades off his back foot a ton, man. And that affects accuracy. That affects decision-making. Balls float on him a little bit too much when he's kind of working off of his back foot. Because the one thing about Rattler is he's not a, like a big guy, right? Like he's about 6'1", maybe like 205, 210. But he's not physically well put together. Like his 6'1", 210, 215 looks a lot different than what Tyler Buckner 61215 looks like, right? Tyler Buckner's a lot more of a bigger, bigger guy comparative to Rattler. Rattler is a slender frame. He can not handle pressure at the best, obviously. So if you're able to get some early pressure on him and get in his face, force him on his back foot, force some bad decisions, he's gonna make some eyebrow raising decisions at times. He is. And those are the differences between winning a football game and losing a football game. We saw this against USC, right? I think Notre Dame-USC would have been down to the wire, but there were a couple turnovers that changed the fortune of that football game, and that's the difference in the game. And I think that Spencer Rattler, no matter how well he's playing, no matter if it's Tennessee or if it's one of the games early in the season, there's going to be two to three, maybe more passes a game where it's in harm's way. If Notre Dame has a chance to capitalize, Notre Dame has capitalized more in the second half of the season than they did in the first half. But when there's a ball out there and there's a play to be made, Benjamin Morrison, Clarence Lewis, Tariq Bracey, you know, uh, Jaden Mickey, those guys need to make those plays. Brandon Joseph and the safety. Xavier Watts will make a pick in this game. I promise you Xavier Watts will make a pick in this game if they're able to pressure Spencer Rattler. I'm just telling you. Just just my prediction. I'm just just seeing it, you know. But here's the, the opposite is also true, Ryan. If you don't pressure him with any consistency and you let, oh, dude, I mean, Tennessee found that out, right? Clemson in the second half found that out, right? Because they actually did a decent job of pressuring him early. You know, part of rattling him too is mixing up your looks, you know, showing a pressure. He's thinking, I got to get rid of it quickly. You zone drop behind it, you know, because like if you can hit him early with your base pressures, that's when you can really bait him into big mistakes, Ryan. You're not going to bait him into his own mistake early unless he just flat out misreads it, right? What I'm saying is, like, if, you, if, if you're hitting him early on and often, he will start to panic. And that's when you show pressure and you zone fire, and he hits J- Jason Adamiola right in the chest on a, zone, on a zone fire. You know what I mean? Like, those are the mistakes he'll make. And, but it, it comes from coming out early and having that success, getting hits on him getting him out of his comfort zone because when Spencer Rattler's in his comfort zone, man, just, just go ask Tennessee what it's like playing Spencer Rattler when he's in his comfort zone. I'm going to give you all his numbers from that game. Okay. Cause they were absolutely absurd in that game. He went 30 of 37, 81.1% completions for 438 yards, 11.8 yards per completion and six touchdowns against the number three team in the country. 
So, yeah, when Spencer Rattler's on, he can rip you up. Now, again, Notre Dame has a much better secondary than Tennessee. He's not going to put up those kind of numbers. But I do believe if Notre Dame doesn't have a good game plan, he could do something similar to what he did, in my opinion, to Clemson. Right. I mean, that's that's the thing is, you know, we're 300 plus yards, two touchdowns, two picks, 60 something completion percentage. That's more possible if no name's not doesn't have a sound game plan. And the other part of it, too, is, is I, I am curious to see how do they handle the other cornerback position opposite Benjamin Morrison? Are they going to go to a, the nickel package in this look where they keep Tariq in the slot and then put Clarence Lewis or Jaden Mickey out there at that spot? Or do they put Tariq out there and put Clarence Lewis in the slot when they go to their their three? Or, you know, another potential option is, is do you put one of your safeties out there in the slot? I don't think that's ideal. But yeah. for me, what I would do is I would have Bracey playing outside in sort of my base nickel look mm-hmm. and then mix in Jade and Mickey every now and then outside with Clarence Lewis being my slot guy because I can protect him with my safeties a little bit. Is, is the key. But I, I think Tariq outside makes a lot of sense for them in this game. Now, South Carolina's receivers are, have enough size where they can outplay him for football. But Tariq's been a pretty good pretty good player this year, in my opinion. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting aspect to see too, Ryan, is how do they line up in the secondary. Point number three, uh, this is a simple one, Ryan. They've got to be aggressive. And, and aggressive does not mean you're blitzing eight, nine guys every time. Aggressive means attack with your front four. Aggressive means come up and let your corners be athletes and take stuff away. If South Carolina is going to beat you because they're protecting their quarterback and they're throwing the ball downfield, then you're just not good enough to beat them that day. I'm not saying playing cover one all day. I'm not saying that. But don't do what you did against USC on every third and five. Let them just get these really easy, cheap five-yard hitch routes for first downs. Nothing pisses me off more and a coach who shows that lack of faith in his players, he's just giving the opponent first downs because he doesn't want to give up a big play. Make him, make him, make that line protect long enough and him to be accurate enough to beat you 30 yards down the field, not five yards down the field. Because they will make those plays. South Carolina will take that all day if you give it to them. So just and, and I also think it's a mindset, Ryan. When you're when you're aggressive with your play calling and your design, your players are going to play more aggressive. You wonder why Notre Dame's players played passive against USC? Because the game plan was passive. They were playing to the style of system that they were running that game, right? Be aggressive. And and again, aggressive does not mean running a million blitzes. It doesn't. It means lining up, attacking, flying to the football. Those are going to be keys. And then having some well-designed and well-timed blitzes is important too. I just want to see it a million times. That's the key for me, Ryan. I mean, and this one builds off of the last one with Spencer Rattler making bad decisions, right? If you're aggressive and you attack the football, South Carolina will make mistakes. They will. You know, they'll call the ball up. They'll throw a bad interception. Those things are all on the table. I, aggressiveness is something that where you build it through the defense because you are trying to create mistakes, right? You're trying to make a process speed up for an offense. You're trying to make a quarterback – make a rush decision. You're trying to make a running back, make a rush decision in the hole. You're trying to do those types of things to make them uncomfortable. And you need to make this team uncomfortable because you, like you said, Brian, when they are comfortable, South Carolina can be really good, especially in the passing game, right? Like they have the athletes. Antoine Wells is still playing in this football game. Who's been their best receiver this year. Mm -hmm. They still have guys out there that can beat you. If you let them beat you. 
But the only way that I think that they are going to consistently beat you is if you're not aggressive and that you're passive with your approach and how you want to attack this football game. Because I really find it hard to believe that this offensive line, if you're first and second level are aggressive and get downhill fast, I find it hard to believe that they are going to run block very well or that they're going to pass protect incredibly well. I find it hard to believe that if you pressure Spencer Rattler, that he's not going to make a couple bad decisions in this game. I, I find it hard to believe that everyone around the off uh, all the skill position players aren't going to potentially maybe cough the football up if you are aggressive to the ball and come into balance consistently. Be aggressive because this is a team that has shown, yes, they can be very good when you don't press them, but when you do, they are a team that has a propensity to turn the football over and make mistakes. Make them their own worst enemy in this game because that's what they have been in their bad losses this year. They've been their worst enemy. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Key number four, and keep in mind, we already kind of went to five, which is get the ball. Key number four, this is a big one, Ryan. They ha- The best defenses are aggressive defenses that also remain disciplined. And that's a key for this game because – you can't give you can't give up the big like no the the fear the fear is number one is that what we talked about Al Golden has that kind of you know passive game plan fear number two is that Notre Dame is aggressive and they make a lot of stops but then on third and nine they complete a six yard hitch route and somebody took a bad angle somebody didn't make the right coverage drop somebody wasn't where they needed to be and all of a sudden that third and nine turns into a thirty yard gain because of a mistake because you didn't tackle in space, because you had a bad zone drop, because you didn't get to your proper depth, because you you blew the coverage, because you thought you're supposed to be playing off man instead of up man or whatever the case may be. There has to be a level of discipline in this game. If Notre Dame can be aggressive and disciplined, which is not an always an easy thing to do, but it's what a team like Notre Dame should be doing, then they'll dominate this game. I, I truly believe Notre Dame has the potential to dominate this game. I also think Notre Dame has the potential to get ripped up. I mean, it, it just comes down to execution and being and putting the players in position to be successful which Al Golden has done at times, and at times he has not. But if they are putting him in position, then it's now up to the players to play with a a level of aggressiveness and discipline needed to, if it's third and six and they want to complete a five-yard pass, let them complete a five-yard pass, but tackle him at five, right? That's the key. If they want to run a third nine-yard play and, and throw for six in space, that's cool. Let him catch it for six, but tackle him at six or seven. Don't let him get to nine. Those are the things that they need They need to do. And when this defense has been rolling this year, that's what we've seen them do. Now, that's a little bit harder without Cam Hart because he was such a good tackler in space this year, towards especially towards the end of the year. But Tariq Bracey's been good in space this year for the most part. Uh, you know, Clarence Lewis has been a, a good tackler from the slot. Benjamin Morrison's been a good tackler. So you've got you've to play well there. 
you can't you can't give up the big mistakes off. Like if they like, here's the deal, Ryan. If a team, if I line up and I'm my guy against you, Benjamin Morris, think it's your best receiver, and that guy just beats me, and you complete a forty yard pass, respect. What I can't stand is when you're trying to get cute as a coach or cute as a player, and then you make a mistake, and that gives up a forty yard gain. Make right. them earn every yard they're going to get because they're going to complete some passes. Their receivers are too good, and Spencer Rattler throws the ball too well for them to just lose, like, to me, 38-6 to six like they did to Florida. That was an anomaly. That was not a normal type of game for me. And they've had a whole month to prepare for this bowl game. They're going to score at least a little bit, but shut them down. Make them earn every yard they get because if they have to earn every yard they get, they're not good enough running the football. They're not good enough in the trenches. And as good as their receivers are, they're not good enough to go out there and rip their name up because – Antoine Wells is a good football player. The name is escaping me, but the kid who's their number two receiver, who I actually actually like, he's a, is it Brooks? really nice. Yes, yes, Jalen Brooks. Uh, if Josh Van plays, which he's, I've seen him listed out. I've seen him listed, you know, as as number one on the depth chart. We'll see how he plays. You mentioned Juju McDowell, right? He's a kid that he can get you in space, and if you're not disciplined, and you know, you you're supposed to have hook curl and or, or have flats and you see him catching a little swing pass and you're not locked in and you don't see that he can he can hurt you right those things are the things that Notre Dame has to be good at Ryan because when they play disciplined I just don't think South Carolina is good enough in, in enough areas to really beat this Notre Dame team because let's be real about something this is the point I was going to make I like their receivers good football players even without the tight ends they're they got weapons but let's not act like Notre Dame hasn't played significantly better receiving course than this many times this year I mean, Ohio State, North Carolina, USC. With all due respect to Wells, he's not as good as A. Flowers. He, he's not. I mean, you, you could argue they've played some other teams that have receiving cores that are comparable. I mean, I think they're more in line with what Syracuse had at receiver than what Ohio State had or USC had, with all due respect, because you and I like Syracuse as receivers, especially Gadsden and, and those kind of guys. They had some weapons there. But, you know, that's the thing for me, Ryan, is I need, I need – Stanford has good pass catchers. Their, mm-hmm. their offensive line was a problem, but they have good pass catchers. Different type, bigger guys, but good pass catchers. This secondary has been playing against good receivers all year. Yep. Just keep doing what you've been doing, right? That's it. And that's going to be the key for me. I mean, yeah, I mean, because that's, that's the one spot that has you a little – I want to say worried, but it has your full attention, right? Like you don't expect the running backs to beat you a ton. They don't have their two top tight ends in the game, although the backup tight end, you know, has done some good things. I think he had like eight catches for like 90-something yards and had, a you know, a couple good games down the stretch. But you're not expecting – Four tight- of those 62 yards came against Clemson. Yeah, I mean, exactly. half his catches and 62 of his 90 yards came against Clemson, and 82 of his 90 yards came in the last two games, Ryan, with, with the other guy, with Jaheim Bell playing some running back, and Stogner was – I think Stogner might have been banged up, but he didn't play a ton in the last couple games. Yeah, Nate, yep. Nate Atkins steps in there and, and makes four catches for 62 yards, and a couple of those catches were clutch against Clemson mm-hmm. as well. They so, were. To your, to your point. To your yeah. point. I, I, but out of, out of the – Units that are left intact, wide receiver, especially if Josh Van plays. If Josh Van plays, then you're looking at this team like Jalen Brooks, Josh Van, and and the uh, the James Antoine Madison Wells, transfer, yeah. Antoine Wells. Like those three together, it's a good trio of wide receivers, man. That's pretty talented. And then you have Spencer Rattler, who has been playing better over the last two games. So you're looking at this team, and you're going to say that's the spots that can beat you potentially, and they are built off of 
making big plays. And I agree. I don't think that – I think if you are just looking and saying – Benjamin Morrison, man-on-man against Antoine Wells, for instance, right? Antoine Wells is going to make some catches, but I don't expect Benjamin to give up the big play a ton against a guy like an Antoine Wells. But the thing that drives you crazy, and you saw it a little against USC, is third and seven. They complete a little out route because nothing's open downfield, and then he breaks a tackle, then he goes for a first down, right? And he creates an explosive play. Don't let them have more than what was on the table, right? If they have a 10-yard completion – Keep it to 10 yards. Don't let it turn to 25, 30. If they have a 20-yard completion, don't let that turn into a 60-yard touchdown. Notre Dame has to stay disciplined, and they have to keep everything in front of them because they do have some receivers that can cause you issues, but you still have to like your advantage, I think, defensive back against wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Last part, Ryan, special teams. I mean, it. It. they don't need special teams to make a big play to win. What they have to make sure that doesn't happen is that they don't allow South Carolina to make a big play on special teams. Right. I, th- I think, look, I could be wrong. I think Notre Dame's the better team. I think they're the more talented team, top to bottom. I think they're better in the trenches. Like, South, a seven-on-seven seven game, this this is really close. I mean, th- they've got some weapons there. In a game where you also include linemen, I mean, Notre Dame should be the better team, in my opinion. I, I just think they're the better team. But South Carolina's a good football team. They show that they can go beat a top-ten football team. Did it twice. And, and so this is a good football team. I think Notre Dame's the better team. Where I could see this game really turning – in, in South Carolina's favor is they make special teams plays that help you know, fake, fake punts, right? Blocking a punt, uh, blocking a field goal, getting a big return. Those are things that they've been pretty good at this year. Like Notre Dame, as, as we mentioned before on the Fermo efficiency index, they actually rank higher than Notre Dame does because their return game has been better than Notre Dame's return game has been. So, can't allow that to happen. Brian Brian Mason has been phenomenal all year for Notre Dame. He needs to end the season on a high note. And make sure his kids are disciplined and ready in this game. They cannot allow the the hidden yards to be a big part of this game. The big because I think special teams plays can be some of the most momentum changing in all of football. Ryan, I mean, mm-hmm. a blocked punt, a kick return for a score. Uh, all those things that just completely take away whatever momentum you thought you might have had can just be or can just give a team that has momentum. You just make a big stop. You force a punt. Then you block that punt. All of a sudden, man, your team and your fan base is going crazy. Can't allow those mistakes to happen. Can't. Yeah. You have to play clean. Have to play clean. And and you're going against a great punter, obviously, too, right? So even if, for the defense, if they get a nice stop and then he flips field position, that's like a little bit of a backbreaker, too, because you're like – anticipating that, hey, we're going to have good field position on this offensive drive. So, I mean, for me, at least just in the 2022 season, Phil uh, Phil Lembo, who is the uh, special teams coach, Pete. Pete Lembo, my apologies, who has probably been the best special teams coach in the country this year, right, from a punting, field goal kicking, all the rounds. They've been very good. He has Brian Mason, That's the yeah. thing. Is he has a head coach that makes yes. it a pro- – because Pete Lembo is a former head coach. Yep. He was a head coach at Lehigh. He was a head coach at Ball State. And, of course, Shane Beamer's a guy that puts a lot of emphasis on this to, yep. to add to the point. Continue. No, I mean, I mean to, the, to, you know, to, to continue, the point is that there are incredible special team staff, and Brian Mason isn't far behind, right? The impact that he's had on the special teams for Notre Dame in his first year is tremendous. And, I, I mean, we talked about this on the show yesterday, Brian, you know, with Vince, that 
for me, you know, is there going to be a team that makes a special teams mistake in this one that's kind of the separator or makes a big play to your point, right? And I think that that can be a backbreak because you can't depend on South Carolina special teams-wise to make a ton of mistakes, right? Because they just don't do it. And you could say the same, though, for special teams against Notre Dame. It's like, you know, Brian Mason's unit doesn't make a ton of bad mistakes, right? Like, they don't. So is there going to be one of the special teams unit that makes a bad mistake? Maybe muffs a punt. Maybe has something blocked. Maybe has bad lane integrity and gives up a big punt return. Whatever it might be, I think those could be the make it or break it plays to flip the momentum of this football game. And you have two of the best in the business that are coordinating on both sides are either one of those units that have been very good this year going to make a mistake that can flip the momentum of the game. Because here's where South South Carolina has been better at Notre Dame and special teams in three areas. Significantly Mm -hmm. better than Notre Dame in three areas. Kick returns, significantly better. Uh, they're very good at returning kicks. I mean, they're, they're, their main kick returner this year uh, has a score, Xavier Leggett. He has a touchdown return. He averaged 29 yards on the season. Uh, 29.9 yards in the season is a team. They averaged 25.1 yards per return. Compare that to Notre Dame this year, who has averaged 19.4 yards per kick return. Uh, punt return, similar situation. Now, Brandon Joseph has been solid. He's been steady. He does his job. They need him to do that in this game. But South Carolina, much more impactful. They average 16.9 yards per punt return, and they have two punt returns for scores. One, and I believe they were both, uh, one was, a. they were both off blocks, I believe. Correct? I don't think they have like a return for a touchdown. I think they're both blocks. I believe, I believe they have so. two touchdowns off blocks. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've been very good there. And then here's the other part. Their place kicker this year has only attempted 10 field goals. That's it. He's only attempted 10, but he's made all of them, right? Notre Dame has attempted 18, and Blake Groupie's missed five of them. They are steady. They don't make mistakes. You have to, Look, if the worst thing that happens in Notre Dame this game, Ryan, you know, if, if we look back at the end of the game, the worst thing that happens is Kai Kroger just bombs one and Notre Dame fields it at the 15, flips it. Okay, fine. There's nothing you can do about that. I mean, kid's got a great leg. He's averaging like almost like 47 yards punt this year. It, it's going to happen. If that's the worst thing that happens to you on special in this game, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Like, I get your point that you're making, but my thing is that's the least scary thing for me is Kai Kroger kicking one from his own 10 and you have to field it at your 10. Fine. As long as, as long as it's not a blocked punt, blocked field goal, 50, 60 yard kick return, something like that. As long as those things aren't happening, I'll live with the occasional just bomb uh, from Kai Kroger. That's the key for me. That's that's what I just I that's my that's the the thing that scares me the most is Notre Dame's about to run away with this thing and all of a sudden boom blocked kick for a touchdown kick return for a touchdown Notre Dame scores to go up ten they're getting all the momentum back and then bam ninety five yard tick kick return for a touchdown like yeah. if they don't kick if Zach Yoakum doesn't kick every single one out of bounds I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be mad right <laughs> and not at him at the, you know don't even let them return a kick. Like, don't even let them try to return a kick. Don't even try to get cute. And I know your kick return unit is good, but this is a special teams unit capable of making you pay that one time. Don't even give them a chance. Those are things for me that have um, have me concerned, honestly, right? Those are things that got me staying up a little bit late at night. That now Golden coming out with his passive game plan. Those are the two biggest concerns I have in this game. True. Man, you you and you and Vince have special teams on the mind the last couple I mean, of have years. you watched South Carolina? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like – but, the, but see, the point is that there's never been a game this season where you looked at the other team and said, that Maybe team's got a chance to really hurt you with their special teams because Notre Dame's right. been so well coached. 
Sure. Right. And and you look at a game like this and you're like, boy, this is the kind of team where I mean, and if Notre Dame is somehow able to make a play on special teams, like block a kick or something, then you go crazy and you're like, this is going to be a great game. Because if you're able to beat them at the one thing, I think Notre Dame has an, an advantage over their defense. Notre Dame's offense has an advantage over South Carolina's defense, in my opinion. The Notre Dame defense should have the advantage over the South Carolina offense, although not as great as on the other side of the ball. The sure. one advantage where I look at these two teams and I say South Carolina is better than Notre Dame is their special sure. teams. And that's going to be key. You can't let them dominate this part of the game because this is where momentum can shift. This is where points can be made, and they can't let it happen. That's our keys to uh, the game. We have a Michigan fan jumping in there talking nonsense. He is now gone. So see you. Michigan fan uh, doesn't know how to behave. So Ryan, those are the keys to the game. Some are easier than others, but you know, there's a pathway for Notre Dame to not only win this game, but to win this game convincingly, they need to do it. In my opinion, I think, I think that I, look winning at this point in time is all I care about. Just get a win. Mm-hmm. It's all I care about, but I'd feel even better if they get a win the way that they, they should get a win, because I don't think South Carolina is the team we saw the last two games. I think, the, and I don't think they're as bad as they were against Florida. I think they're somewhere in between Agreed. for me. And you've got to make them be that somewhere in between in this game. If they are, then they're able to win. If you can make them look like they did against Georgia and Arkansas and Florida, especially Florida and Missouri, then then Notre Dame will roll. There you go. That's it. So that's our keys to victory. So before we move on to the mailbag, Ryan, because we do have some questions here in the mailbag. Before we do, I do want to ask people, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast. Sign up for our message board at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Make sure you're always checking out our, our website at irishbreakdown.com where all of our written content is free. So you definitely want to check all that out. Subscribe to the CFP Nation channel, please. We would appreciate that. We're trying to get our YouTube watch hours up on that channel. We have actually put some new shows up recently. So including a show that Ryan and I did or a segment of a show that Ryan and I did. So we would really appreciate you guys checking that out, helping us get our, our watch hours up to there. And of course, definitely if you like the IB nation or the CFB nation content, whether it's lucky lefty podcast, whether it's CFB all America guys, whether it's John Garcia state of recruiting or all of it, hopefully all of it, make sure you subscribe to the CFB nation uh, podcast on either Apple or Spotify or whatever your podcast app is. We are eventually going to stop bringing them over on the RSS feed, Irish breakdown. Eventually, if you want to listen to their content, you're going to actually have to go to the CFB nation app. Uh, so, uh, the more of you that listen to that, start subscribing to the CFB nation, uh, podcast app as well.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.